Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning into the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What's up, AfterBuzzers and Legends of Tomorrow's fans alike? We are here for the pilot episode. I, oh my god, I'm loving the little groove that we got going on there. Ah. Yep, we can dance to mm. this. Yep, I love the music in tonight's nice episode stop. too. Guys, I'm Roxy Stryer, and I'm so excited to be here to talk to you guys all season long. Alongside Lex Michael. That's me. I am Lex Michael. All over social media at the Lex Michael. Dave Child. I'm Dave Child. I am under Mr. Dave Child at Twitter and such. And Frank Moran. <laughs> I'm Frank Moran. You can find me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. And you guys can find us at AfterBuzz TV, AfterBuzzTV.com, YouTube.com/slash/AfterBuzzTV on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and right now in the live chat, we're reading all your guys' Ooh. comments, and it seems like. You guys love the show as much as we did, so I'm really excited about that. Overall thoughts across the board from you guys, how was the big premiere? I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I think there were some weak moments for me, but for the most part, it was like fun, and it's exactly what I kind of wanted and expected, where I just I could just sit back, relax, and just popcorn it out. And it was it was it was great. I liked it. Popcorn it out. Popcorn, popcorn it out. It out. Trademark that right now. Yeah, I like popcorn as a verb. TM. <laughs> Very cool. Well, yeah. I'm excited to see what you thought were the low moments and the high mm-hmm. moments. So we'll, we'll definitely break it down a little yeah. bit. Frank, how'd you feel? I thought, like with any any pilot, I guess especially since it's only part one of that, it's a little slow start right now. They're just kind of planting a few seeds. So I feel like after we see part two, I think that'll help really kind of right. ratchet up my excitement for the show. But I still enjoyed it. It's, I time I love time travel, and so uh, that right there is already. You're me, getting me uh, big points on that. So mm-hmm. looking forward to the second part to really kind of just seal the deal for me. Cool. Yeah, I agree. I had a lot of fun with it. It was definitely a putting the pieces on the board installment, but I did think they did a very good job establishing who everybody was, what everybody's motivations were, why they were all there, which mm-hmm. was a question that I think we yeah. had when we talked the other night about how they were going to do that, how much time they were going to spend mm-hmm. setting everybody up. And I think, now I can't speak for somebody who's coming to this totally uh, totally dry, not having seen Arrow or Flash, but I think they did a pretty good job giving you an idea of who everybody is and what right, they're all right. there for. So just so you guys out there know, in case you didn't watch our episode zero, where we kind of went into our backstories and what we watch, we do right. all watch essentially all the DC shows, so right. none of us are coming into this uh, that way, but we would love to hear from you guys, if you are, if you're a new fan, and you're new to Legend of Tomorrow, what you guys are understanding, what you're picking up. Yeah, and why you would be watching the show. Yeah, if really. you had, like, 
<laughs> if you're like, I'm, I'm just waiting until there's a random group of superheroes that are time traveling to fight an immortal, well, then I'm in. No, I've heard a lot of people who are like, oh, you know what? It's I'm too, uh, I'm too far behind on Arrow, and you know, oh. I didn't catch the boat on Flash. I'm gonna go, jump it on this, and if I love it, then I'm gonna go back and watch it. I think. Oh, a lot I see. Of people that makes sense. That. Okay. But those prison break junkies that are just you know really craving more went with the two of them together. Yeah. Yes, like yeah, finally, yes. I'm, I'm so on that team. <laughs> <laughs> I love Prison Break every second of it. Uh, so I loved it tonight. I loved it. I'm all in. I usually give a show six episodes before I give up. I don't have to give this more than one because I thought it was really great and very cohesive. <laughs> so you'll never give up. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in. That's what happens. If I'm in, okay. I'm in all the way. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. I think they did a really good job organizing it so that it was as as cohesive as possible and also really yeah. fun. We got a sense of all the different characters. Of course, we happen to know these characters, uh, except for Rip Hunter, who was really right. cool to be introduced to this way, even though I'm a little bit slimy. Yeah, you think he's slimy? I don't think he's a little bit slimy. Why do you think he's slimy? What's slimy about him? Um, I don't know. It's almost as bad as drugging somebody and putting them onto uh, your ship. Yeah, we can can talk quite a bit about the roofing of Jefferson Jackson that took place. Oh, my God. But what's worse than that is getting everybody on there under false pretenses that they're all going to be legends. Right. Uh, Although you can tell from that first scene that Rip Runner was not really operating above board. I mean, right when you saw him do the the, the shot with the Time Master's talking to them and then it cuts to him just getting on the wave rider you it's like that that meeting did not go as well as you thought it did i also thought like it starts off with all of a sudden i thought i was watching bill and ted it was it had exact exact scene from bill and ted the opening way the exact uh, uh, george George carlin talking to a group of everyone who like in the future everyone worships bill and ted and so he goes back in time to help bill and ted to become the legends they are today so for me, when if when I found out that they weren't actual legends, that they were actually the opposite of legends, that made me like the series a whole lot more. It did. That actually, like the fact that they're they're not living up to a predestiny, but they're trying to actually accomplish something. Uh, that goes against their destiny. Right. So. Yeah. It was a very, by the end of the pilot, it was a very fun inverting of what they suggested very strongly the general premise of the show was going to be. Now, yeah, yeah I can see where maybe it makes you raise an eyebrow, Rip Hunter, a little bit, but he has, he has the cool duster and he's got the yeah. laser revolver <laughs> and a tragic backstory. That is a little slimy. I, I mean, in a bad way. I no, like, I mean, I'm going to like slimy people. I'm going to agree with you because I know you don't watch Doctor Who. Uh, I mm-hmm. was, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so I just see Rory dressed up as the Doctor yeah. the entire time. So I have this... I do not... Right now, I don't believe... I actually like that he had an alternate thing at the end because he doesn't seem as cool and confident as he wants to be. I definitely agree with that, and we will get there to the end. Right. But starting at the beginning, what did you guys feel about the Time Masters Council? Were you uh, immediately suspicious of them, or did you kind of think all right, maybe they're the ones we should be following or they're going to be on our side. Well, I think it's like any big governing body. Like if you talk about like, you know, the, the Guardians uh, with the Green Lantern Corps, they're always mm-hmm. just kind of above everything. They really, it almost feels like they have like just like a detachment from humanity. And so yeah. they kind of see like everything from an incredibly large scope uh, and kind of lose that touch with the humanity where they, you always have like your central heroes are always like, no, 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 we still have to worry about the humanity for all these. These aren't just right. like pieces on a chessboard that you can just move around. They're also the Time Lords from Doctor Who. What I kept I'm thinking. sorry, there's, there's so much Doctor Who in this. There was a lot borrowed. We'll talk a little bit Star yeah. Wars later when they're, they're borrowing some things. But I like what that. What from Star Wars were they borrowing? What from Star Wars? 
Yeah. Calling somebody oh, Boba, Boba Fett. Fett? Boba Fett yeah. Oh, that's Endor. a direct. That's a direct pull, though. This is these were these were actual time lords that they just called, called like time, time masters. Time yeah. masters. So all they changed were like not not lords. Masters, which I'm sure is from the comic. It is. I'm from the not, comic. It, it, There's okh. a uh, series called Armageddon 2001 that kind of established the Time Masters yes. there, and that's where oh, okay. even the uh, uh, Rip Ship, the Wave Rider, he yep. was actually a character in that series, a uh, human character in the early 90s. And then, yes. like, I want to say a year ago during Convergence, they brought back a different version of him that was like a weird reincarnated Booster Gold. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. I kept thinking he was just going to turn out to be Booster Gold. I thought this whole time he was like. Which is Booster Gold does the same sort of thing. He goes back in time, says I'm a hero from the f- from the future, and then he turns out he's not a hero. Well, it's just well, like people a janitor. have predicted that we're going to see him on this show. Right, There's been sure. a lot of talk about it, but for now, we've seen the characters that we are going to see for all of season one. Right, uh, and these people had very different reactions to Rip Hunter, as they should. I was a little worried that it's going to be easy to get everybody on board at first. I'm glad they they didn't just say yes. I'm glad I, that they had to drug somebody and bring them on. Yeah, really. <laughs> this wouldn't happen with eight people. You would never get eight people and explain them the right. same thing. Like, you'll be legends and all of them. Could, yeah, let's do it. So this was, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's, it, that seems like a very appropriate reaction for Ray to have, especially since since he has returned from not right. being dead but being tiny. He exactly. has He has been directly seeking a reason for his continued existence. So I totally buy him seeing this chance and jumping at it. But I agree, that doesn't necessarily apply to any of the other characters on this team. Except for Professor Stein, who, I mean, with his love for time travel and alternate realities and things like that, I could see why he's immediately gung-ho right. sure. to, but to jump on that. Professor Stein, I have to say, if your superpower requires you to get inside the body of a 20-year-old boy... I knew you were going to do it. Then Yikes. don't... Don't roofie him. That just makes it worse. I'm waiting for the chat to eat you up right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, don't roofie. I like just, it. I, I like that you went there. It's I good. went there because it was there. Uh, it was pretty clearly there. Let's go through them one by one because Ray had a very big surprise, which was that he brought Oliver into this. I wasn't expecting to see Oliver. I was at all. Right. It was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. I well, was you figure like since it has such a strong connection to the Arrow and Flash universe, it's always nice to have just like a little nod to them, especially in the. Yeah, pilot. isn't it a little surprising he didn't? say goodbye to Felicity though I feel oh, like, like that's you almost taking too much time then there's right. so much to cover no I don't think it's surprising she chose another man right so Snap. he uh, talked to the other and he idolizes uh, Green Arrow too so. I thought it was a little he does but I thought that it was a little surprising that he went to Oliver for advice on this like what do I do and I Oliver was, was like don't do it and he's like yeah I'm gonna do it I think it was less advice I think it was more of Hey, if I die, someone should know what happened to me. Why yeah. Oliver? Well, then I think that's the Felicity. role for him because uh, Barry went to him first as well, wondering, right. like, hey, what do I do with these powers? And Ollie kind of coached him on that. So I feel like they're setting you up. It's like, any new hero, you come to Ollie for some advice. He is the first superhero of this universe. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. I kind of feel like it was more Stephen Amell being like, if there's a pilot of a new DC show, I'm not going to not be in it. <laughs> well, that's the cynical way of looking at it. If you look- I, I love it. I love that he wants to be a part of this universe so bad. I right. think that's amazing that he's so dedicated, but I, that's really what I think. But I think it makes sense because he's he is the first, he's the Superman. He's People always call him the Batman that they're redoing, but he's, he's the first guy. Mm-hmm. So everything that happens, it has to be like kind of 
he's the cornerstone of everything. You have to check in with the leader. Yeah. Was, he's the leader. It was also great to hear him say, like, everything when I thought I died, it, it didn't matter. None of it mattered. The money, mm-hmm. all these things. So I was totally on board with him yeah. joining this team as the first member. Which, of course, too, when that turn happens later and they all find out that, no, actually, you were picked because you're insignificant, that hits home for him specifically in a very big way because of that. Mm-hmm. I also have a hard time to believe, believing that Ray Palmer is insignificant. He's like a billionaire inventor. That's like, you know, I'm sure he's he's a significant person and people noticed when he died. I think he just didn't was upset that the world didn't crumble or something. Sure. In a different yeah. way than he wanted to be noticed, I think. Right, right. He wants to be a hero and everyone was like, oh, a rich guy died. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe what his problem was. Exactly. So then we move over to Tibet. And we, we right. got our girl Sarah, who is doing just as I thought she would be doing. Yeah, uh, drinking. Yep, picking yep. fights, being Marion from Indiana Jones. Yeah, she's doing yeah, a Marion Ravenwood. Middle. Yeah, she's just kind of in there picking fights, drinking. I was, I thought she was going to have like a drinking contest and then get a uh, burn something on a Nazi. I oh. thought that's, that's <laughs> what was going to happen. It was great to see this because I didn't want them to tone it down in any way or or right. anything like that. So I was really excited that she was there. She was drunk. She was starting fights. She was Sarah. Yeah. Right. And so her coming on board was a little more difficult because then we see her with Laurel again. Which was also was, was fun. Um, and I do like that Laurel is now in a place, if you've been following her arc on Arrow, we talked uh, on the most recent panel, which was yesterday. Um, about Time flies. Yeah, I was like, when, when am I? Um, about how they've done so much with, with a lot of the characters on that show, her specifically, and it seems like now she's in a place where she has... Uh, she's more grounded than she's been. She's more emotionally stable than we've ever seen her. Right. So it's very nice to see that exchange between the sisters now where she can be a rock for Sarah in a way that she was never capable of being. And then the reveal of the costume, which I guess she just had in yeah. case. I like the idea that Cisco worked very hard on that costume, just sewing the leather together. I, I he's, yeah. he's an inventor. And yes, he invented the Flash outfit. <laughs> But that was because you need to invent an outfit that and will withstand the Flash's powers. And the Arrow uh, mask. He gave Arrow Oh, that's just because he's a too. geek. He's like a cosplaying geek. But I didn't expect him to actually take time to get the white leather together and sew everything. <laughs> I, Maybe as robots doing it. I had a little bit of an issue with Laurel being almost as good of a fighter as Sarah here. Right. I, I've had this issue for a long time, though, with the Arrow characters who, like, learn to fight in a day and it's well, kind of... Huh? You okay. get a little bit of training with Wildcat, so yeah. that must have helped. For yeah, like definitely. 30 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I assume that ha- a lot of that happened off screen. For yeah, yeah, there was, in fairness, there was a lot of her being very bad at it and then very quickly being quite good at it. I'll yeah. I'll buy it because it's been it's been a little bit of time and I feel like Laurel's been out there fighting the good fight and Sarah's mostly been drinking. So yeah, there's been the a slight Lazarus pit. She's crazy. Crazy yeah. outdoes strong. Also sure. she got she got that outfit kind of kind of gray fast. Did anyone notice that? <laughs> that was more of like a gray canary thing kind of going on. I was thinking maybe a little shadowy. Ooh, you said gray canary and it just reminded me about the white canary line. Oh, yes. yeah. Jeez. I wish we were like... That was a big eye roller. When all you needed to do was end with you could fight in the light. That's it. Here's your new costume. It's white. Be a hero hey. in the light. That was the line. Why yeah. didn't we just stop there? It was perfect. Well, what she meant when she said you can do what Oliver does, she meant you can add a color to the name <laughs> you're already yeah. using. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Duh. Don't be the canary. A bunch of other words. Be the white, white canary. canary. Yeah. White canary sounds so bad. 
Mm. Bad, like, oh, that's bad. Bad, bad, like, bad, not good. Not not good. (laughs) It's not good. It's, you know. I don't mind the name. It was just the speech. Yeah. It was very Laurel, I guess. Right. That was okay. Frank, how are you feeling about that? You know, it's one of those, like, all right, I guess we have to. Because the White Canary is a name from the Green Arrow comic books. And the Black Canary. Yeah, it is. I actually thought they made that up for this. No, it was a uh, opposite number of uh, Black Canaries that they trained together under Lady Shiva. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. So so it came from that. So it doesn't have any real connection to any. uh, Uh, It makes me like a little bit better. At least it's drawn from Green Lantern lore. Right. All right, then we go over to Pittsburgh. Uh, We got Firestorm going on here, which is the sketchiest of the bunch, as we have alluded to multiple. Multiple times where Martin just straight up drugs Jefferson Jackson. Yep. And he's real cool about it. He doesn't have to think too much about doing that. He's got it ready to go at his mini bar. Where did he find the Rufalin? Um, he says it's not. But, wh- okay, what did he put uh, in there? It was. What do you call that? <laughs> My assumption is Martin Stein makes this stuff, but why? But that's a great question. I don't know if I want anybody to answer it. No. No. It makes me feel rather (laughs) uncomfortable. Yeah, I've been very, like, Martin Stein is is so, he's he's so far been so avuncular. He's almost like, he's like a fun, sciencey uncle. And now with the roofy thing, he's like a weird, creepy, makes you uncomfortable at gatherings uncle. And and I'm not okay with it. He trusts Captain (laughs) Cold and Heatwave right away. Enough to be like, hey, carry... My opposite number uh, onto the ship, please. Oh, but they were on the same show. They're totally cool. Yeah, but they were fighting on the same show. Oh, right? yeah. It's like they know all the same people. Ask yeah. how many craps Martin Stein gives about Jax right now. None. No. no. Absolutely none. He says it straight up. Like, this is my life. You're attached to me, so right. you are just coming. <laughs> yeah, a very selfish motive. I mean, which is a shame because I feel like it. Oh, it's like they want that beat of somebody being incredibly resistant to the idea of going on this adventure and traveling through time, yet they can't spend a lot of time spending a whole episode like tracking his journey giving a, a really solid transition to being on board with it so what's the most expedient way well I guess we just knock him out and roof him and drag him on which gets there faster but it's still such a uncomfortable way of making that happen that you're just left there going man Stein what happened at least he apologized yeah I guess. yeah because that's how that works <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah as long as you say sorry afterwards it's yeah. fine to roofie someone no yeah it's getting a little too close to home as people in the chat are calling him Cosby so uh, I, uh, I think we're gonna move on to our, our hawk people hawk girl and hawk man uh Kendra and Carter, I felt really vibed in this episode tonight. You guys will learn. I'm such a shipper. I'm a lover of love. It's the big CW part of me. Right. How did you guys feel about them fighting here? And this is the like it's I, like a coin toss. My big thing with with her in this episode is she's. They introduced the idea that she can't remember stuff and that she's trying to get to the place where she'll remember being in a relationship. She'll remember all the stuff. But then you don't see any of that conflict happen. She kind of remembers things right away. Like when they get to, I'm jumping ahead here, but when they get to their son that they meet, they just, she goes, oh yeah, you're my son. There's no like moment where she's like, I, you're not my son. You're like, I see a picture and that's enough. In fairness, uh, Photoshop was a lot more difficult in 1975. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, she sees, she sees the photo, but, she should still have some emotional reservation, and there's none there. Sure. That was the weakest part of this episode to me, was her 
was her turn to be like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely in on this. It felt like it was too fast. Maybe mm. you guys can clarify for me, but I'm a little confused about Hawk Girl's memories versus Hawkman's memories. Because right. I feel like he, he says, I have 4,000 years of memories. There doesn't seem to yeah. be as much missing for him. Yet he was still completely unaware of the sun. Uh, uh-huh. and, and then also, there's just been other times where I feel like her memories come back in different ways than his do you guys? Have- yeah, I, I, I mean, they've introduced the idea that she, he kind of woke up before she did. So every time. Well, well, in this in this generation, at least, because she he's the one that showed up and said, "Hey, you're going to remember eventually," and he already has wings and stuff. Right. So he's had maybe. I, it could be even a couple of years to kind of go over his memories. But I don't think he woke up before she did. I think yeah. they woke up at the same time no, in different no. places. Because he showed up. Yeah. And on, he showed on, up on, Flash. on Flash, he shows, yeah. But I think that they had both lived lives. Yeah, but when I say woke up, I'm saying woke up as Hawkman. Oh, oh, oh. Because there was, that, yeah, because remember she was Kendra and started dating Cisco right. and all that. So it took, I'm with you. It took a bit for her to be like, oh, I'm Hawk Girl. Oh, I got wings. I have memories. And Hawkman was there before her and was, so has a few more memories to process, but I don't think he has every memory. And he's just more accepting. I think I would have made it so he's more accepting of new things that come because he's like, oh, of course, because I've lived like 4,000 years. Right. She still has like some stuff to get over. So I'm surprised that she's getting to that fast. Yeah. On the sun situation in the chat, Renage90998, sorry if I butchered that, says, I felt like she lied that she, quote, remembered to make peace with her son. So maybe she's not remembering as much. That's what I thought in that scene too as well. Okay. Uh, I didn't. just wasn't the nice. See, I wasn't seeing that because she was saying son so many times. Mm. And being like, you you damaged my son. You know, Yeah, the performance be. felt really earnest. Yeah. It did. It did. Uh, I think that just has to do with her Broadway acting chops. Maybe she doesn't know how to give an unbelievable performance. <laughs> so she, she just made us believe her in that. Uh, um. All right. Let's move on to our, our favorite villains. Uh, we go and find them in Central City mm-hmm. as they're doing what they do best. And I, every time he leaves, I forget how freaking funny I think Heatwave is. Just, like, his little one-liners make the show for me. Right. Sure. Yeah, and he just chews up the scenery, yeah, which is just great. He just always got like this growl to him every time he's delivering a line. It's it's uh it, fantastic. It's like he's playing a bear. Yes, it's <laughs> great. Yeah. If we were to expect one of them to want to join this team and one of them not to, who would you have thought that would have been? That the way they played it right there. Yeah. I mean, I, Heatwave doesn't really care about that stuff, but if Cold uh, cares about it, I mean, they're buddies, so he'll do it. But I like Snart's idea. It's like this is the ultimate thing for a thief to be able to travel through time. And have access to all these other things that we could steal, not just stuff that's within our own lifetime. Yeah, he he is the guy historically so far anyway has who has seen the angles. Whereas, yes. yeah, Heatwave is very much like, yeah, can I hit it? Great, I'm gonna hit it. Can I take right. the stuff? I'm gonna take the stuff. I don't need it. Can I pick up the stool and hit someone with it? Yeah, awesome. Are you guys worried at all that the way he gets him to go is says uh, this is everything we got into thieving in the first place for? So it seems like his ways aren't going to change. He's just I don't going quite after be- Mona Lisa. I think he did a good job of of saying something I don't quite believe in because I think he he's someone who has some good in him and he's always kind of fighting against the good yep he's kind of always he he doesn't want to be a hero but I think there's a lot of hero in him that he doesn't want to admit he has 
That's uh, we've seen that at least in the Flash before. So yeah, I certainly think when their backs are to the wall and he is called upon to really make a choice to do something heroic, when when the stakes are as high as I would assume they're going to get, since we're literally talking about the end yeah. of the world, I would assume if only so the world is still there for him to steal stuff, he's going to do the right thing. Yeah, he's someone with a code, but I think he will, you know, gladly become the uh, the Biff. Yeah. Like, whenever he can. Because he's always looking for all the angles. So even, he may say that's why he's doing it, but he's always got some other uh, thing in his back pocket that he's also right. trying to accomplish as well. It's true, but we have to remember, the world wouldn't have ended until way after he was gone. So he has to give a crap more than we think he gives a crap. Sure. Well, I'm sure, I, and yeah. you may say thieving is his real motive, but the idea that you could travel through time, who knows, in terms of being able to go back into your own past, change things as well. Right. So whatever things he might want to do on a personal level, as opposed to thieving, but he's not really mentioning that right now. Thieving is just a good way to tell Mick, that's why I want to do this. By the way, I hope he's smart enough to go back in time, steal Action Comics number one, but don't bring it into the future. Just put it into a vault and keep it there. Because so it can age, because people are going to see that it's new. I'm just saying, that's how you steal in time. Boom, mic drop. All right, so we, we are going to go. We're not going into the future. We're going back right now uh-huh. uh, on Wave Rider. I don't know why in my head. Wave Rider! Yeah. And we start to see a little bit <laughs> of what, how, they, uh, how they establish the rules of time travel, where it's like the farther you travel along the timeline, the more physical effects that you suffer, which it, I thought was interesting. It's chill, though, bro, because like, the bleeding eye is totally cool. Yeah. I'm just yeah. down with the bleeding eye. Like, what? <laughs> right, right, right. Not legitimate. What were you going to say, Lex? I was going to make a comment about the bleeding eyes. Oh, Actually, that's immediately where I was going. I was like, it's good that nobody's eyes started bleeding. Is that going to come back at some point? That's what they all sound like. They're like, oh, that, that's cool, man. Like, let me just have my eyes bleed. Oh, all right. And Hawkgirl's like, what? Yeah, no, excuse me. <laughs> like, ridiculous. So, one of, uh, somebody has vertigo and somebody can't see anything. Yes. And, and nausea. And the vomiting. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the price you have to pay for time travel. Right. Sign me up. Honestly, that's not so bad. It didn't last that long. I feel no. like eventually you might get used to it. Yeah, I think like anything, you the more trips to two time, you take like the Time Masters. I mean, they can travel through this and not have that effect. It's only right. because they've been doing it so long. Right. So you get your body acclimates. Well, and, and Rip Hunter says it's because the human body is used to time uh, moving linearly. Yeah. So I imagine you would adapt eventually if you yeah. do that a lot. Right. I like that they just tried to explain it with that one sentence, and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, sure, okay, yeah, yeah, science, timey wimey stuff. Yeah. Oh good, okay. Tiny How wimey. did you guys feel like Wait, Rider looked? You get caught up in the <laughs> well. Like, do you mean do you mean the design of the ship yes. or the effects on the ship? I mean it all looks, of the above. Okay, it looks good, except I think the seats look a bit too much like Universal Studios. Okay, that was a bit too much of like I felt like if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't believe strapping it on because I've been in so many rides where it's like, no, that's just a screen out front. And you're just moving the whole thing up and down, up and down. It was a virtual roller coaster yeah. for you. All right, how did you guys feel? No, I, thought, I, I mean, you see the at least the the, the main area, the I guess the Mission Control, as we call it, that that uh, that looked cool. Yeah, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and you just see very much. I feel like Star Trek Next Generation in terms of the rest of the ship, the same kind of corridors, just kind of shot from different angles. So yeah, yeah. which is fine. Yeah, but yeah, Absolutely. I thought I thought the central area was like you said, a really cool practical set. I thought the effect work on the ship is are, is great, um, and I'm I've been consistently impressed by the effects work on the DC TV shows, especially in the last year or so. Yeah. I do like that on the outside. Side, it looks like a clunker. Yeah, like, it really does. I really, they, I enjoyed that. I also, I mean, again, to keep with the the number of parallels to Doctor Who, he has a time vessel that disappears, and right. And I also like how there's like random 
energy balls out front. Yeah. I like that, that there's just... I like a ship with energy balls. I did yeah. not mean to yes. do that. But oh, okay. the uh, med bay. Uh, come on, a little lackluster. Uh, but bay. but that main area looks so expensive. You <laughs> know what true. I mean? You got to cheap out on something. Yeah, right. uh, you know, let's worry about that. We won't worry about medical. Come on, guys, let's I, not worry about that. Right. I think it looked cool. I think it looked cool when it flew, and I and I loved watching the whole thing. But then I was very quickly taken aback by Gideon. Yeah, just now I'm starting to think that right. Gideon. Is like, and actually, somebody in the chat said this too. But I was thinking about it when we were watching the show. The show. Gideon is like Siri. The yeah, Siri. One day, yeah. everyone will have a Gideon. Yeah, everybody has a Gideon. Yeah. But so it's not as personalized, maybe. As it's we, not a Jarvis. Yeah. It's a, it's a Siri. So. Are we okay with that? I'm okay with that. That makes yeah. sense to me. It makes me wonder if maybe there's some connection we don't know about. Maybe that's like the only type of because they're all time travelers. So maybe it's. Maybe it makes it so um, uh, the reverse Flash is yeah. a Time Master? Thawne, maybe. Yeah, something. Because well, wasn't it established in Flash that uh, Barry ends up, she, he's the one that creates Gideon, right? Yes. If yeah. I, I believe they established Gideon. it very early in uh, yeah, season right. one. So, uh, I don't know. I I like the concept so the of having job. Gideon. Uh, we'll see how it plays out and yeah. how they start using it on their sister shows. Right. Well, well, I did read. My eyes open for that. I did read a variety article about this, and they said that one thing they're definite about with Legends is we'll see some of the Flash and Arrow universe kind of dip into Legends, but Legends is really never gonna touch the Flash and Arrow universe. Yeah, like the, the characters side. that have moved over to Legends aren't coming back anytime soon. But they right, they're not gonna be like, oh, we showed up to save the day last minute, right, and then go away. But Arrow and Flash might do that. Well, I'm reasonably sure, and somebody maybe in the live chat correct me if I'm mistaken, but I'm reasonably certain it has been confirmed that we are going to see future Oliver and future Barry at some point during the run of this season, and nice. that Oliver will have the goatee, and that makes me very oh, excited. Really? Ah. Yeah. Wow. wow. But it's got to be full-scale goatee. i got to have it coming out. A little oh, yeah. Today. If it's like that, then yes. That would be crazy because just seeing the future newspaper was a lot. Actually seeing them will be mind-blowing. That, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, as the ship takes off, though, the first thing that we see is these two total bros. I'm thinking, what are these? What are we <laughs> doing? Odd this? button. I actually thing. thought yeah. it was going to be Bill and Ted showing up. <laughs> I what? thought that was. That's really what you thought was going. I, I had no idea where we were going in that moment. Sadly, yeah. my, even before that, my thought was when they start taking off. That Stein leaves his car right there. I'm like. So you're just going to leave your car right there? All right. Well, so, maybe he's going to come back like a sure, second yeah. later. Come back exactly right after we well, left. They so did that. Like, well, like Ray earlier touches on, you know, they'll probably drop me off in the same moment I left. So maybe that was Stein's thinking as well. <laughs> Nobody will have the time to steal my car. Yeah, wrong right. place at the wrong time for these dudes, though, because Boba Fett came real yeah, quick. Yeah, Kronos. So, Kronos. So this was super cool. Like, I think, yes. Frank, you're, you're nerding out, too. So, so Kronos, if you'll permit me, Please. there have been a number of different iterations of the character Kronos in DC Comics, but originally created in 1962 oh God, as to be, to be the arch nemesis of the Ray Palmer incarnation of the Atom. Yeah. Oh, one really? of the best costumes ever. Cool. It's just so crazy 60s. It's fantastic. Black and white pinstripe pants. He's got a clock mask on his face. Oh, great. Just, you know, uh, popped collar for the costume. Oh, so this so did awesome. justice for you guys. He looked really cool. But, uh, I love, I like the concept a lot. I like the concept that there's 
that he uh, breaking off from the Time Masters and the Time Masters hiring a bounty hunter to go after him. I think that sounds great, and I love how he before he kills the dudes, he's like, "I'm making sure you have no you have no effect on history if I kill you." And oh, you don't. So it's I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna that was crazy that he could do that, and he could just figure yeah. that out. It kind of made me really sad. Which, by the way, I think that's 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 the worst thing to hear before you die. <laughs> so what? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's nice the way that the DC TV universe does nods uh, to comic continuity, but isn't completely beholden to it. So you could do sure. Kronos, not having necessarily be an Adam villain, but just be a, a bounty hunter for the Time Master. The, right. the term temporal bounty hunter, I'm on board for that yes. alone. Um, but I do like too, you know, uh, if you if you read about all the different iterations of Kronos throughout the history of the comics, eventually he does come into conflict. Conflict? What? Nope. Taking it again. He does eventually come into time travel. He does eventually come into conflict with Rip Hunter and the Time Masters as well. And and to your point, I love that these shows are going so obscure with where they're pulling from in DC Comics continuity. That makes me real happy. I, although I just wish the costume had a little bit more of a nod to the original Kronos costume. Sure. Just, it was like, oh, dark, just, you know, kind of like Matt McBug guy. Kind like, of a bug oh, yeah. Give me a crazy clock face or something. That, oh, but that's just me being nerdy about Maybe the we'll get there. Costume. Guys, yeah. let's get to the 70s instead right now. Yeah. 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 Let's go over the 70s. So 1975, we are about to have so much fun. I love that we split up into two groups. Well, actually, three groups. Poor Jack. Yeah, just, just poor Jack. He's too young to go to a bar, so uh, maybe I can understand that. That's and, true. Yeah, he's too young to go to a bar, and he's not cool enough right now to be with the the villainy group. Right, yeah, right, like They're right. going to go get drinks at the bar, and they're like, uh, sorry, you haven't killed that many people. It, you haven't killed anybody. No, but <laughs> I love it. Just the budding, just friendship between uh, Snart and, and Sarah. I think that they just seem to really just gel well together. What was that word you said? Budding friendship. Friendship, you yes. think? Is friendship, that what you yeah. think? Yeah, well, I mean, is that what you're saying? Are you, are you shipping it already? Okay, here's my long-term prediction. I'm just throwing it out because we're not at predictions, right. so i got to say it. I think that there is going to be a little thing between her and Snart, but then, at some point, Ray is going to sneak in. I think he will. Uh, I don't here's think a, Here's the thing. She's not going to like either of them. Right. Because she's... Because she's, she's gay. Well, she, well she's, she's bi. She's bi. She's gone both ways. But now I, I think that she prefers women. Right. And so I think that these two guys are going to fight over her and she's going to be like, boys, boys, and doesn't even care. And then they're going to hate <laughs> each other. It's perfect. <laughs> Maybe. All right, we, we can we can be back. At, Maybe I think she's gonna she's gonna kind of James Bond it through time. That's what I think she's gonna do. I think she's gonna be hooking up with men and women, probably mostly women, throughout time. Yeah, and these two guys are gonna fall for her, and she's gonna be like, "I'm a single, independent lady." Yeah. Um, I don't know why that's my Sarah voice. That's not what <laughs> yeah. it sounds like at all. It's really the, it's the hand gesture though that I was <laughs> on board. The characterization became full with she the waving hand. She was like naying as I yeah. did that. Uh, okay, let's go to the bar though because this is so much fun. Right. It's probably my favorite part of this entire show because when we heard from uh, Guggenheim and Berlanti and all of them being like. It's bananas. It's crazy. It's all that. This was that. Mm-hmm. Being at the bar was an embodiment of all of those things. Nothing but fun. I mean, the little touches like Heat Waves, mom really loving Captain Tennille and playing that so many times as he was growing up. Right. It was just a nice little touch to him. Breaking the stool at the start of the bar, bar fight, but then doesn't even use it. Just breaks it. Just like, yeah. I'm going to break that stool and then not even use it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I think that's the... I love how it's like, fight, stool, break. All right. Now it's a fight. <laughs> I loved how she was like, I don't need you guys' help. And now she's like, okay, now I can stand for a little bit of help. And the, and right. the teamwork there, it was actually kind of endearing and sweet. Yeah. It was very yeah. fun seeing how quickly, too, because they were 
willing to let her do her thing, and then as soon as she says, okay, well, there's a lot of these dudes here. Yes, come on. Watching Snart smash both of the beer bottles, because he doesn't, there's no reason for him to do that, other than just joy, like, internal giddiness on his part. Yeah. This pilot made a very clear point to say women kick ass. I felt like they were trying really hard to show, like, she didn't need a man to st- help her with that one man, and same thing later with Laurel. That's why we, I mean, um, later with, uh, with, uh, Girl, right? uh, yeah, with Kendra. That's why these the two women are the ones to both punch Rip Hunter. Right. I think that they were really like hitting it over the head. Like these women are as strong as these men, which for me was really really cool to see. Yeah, and I like I like how when they split off the groups that you got to see the dark kind of side and the the light side in the group right from that split. Yeah, so, that was good. Light side is going to try to actually save the world. You know, they're not getting drunk mm-hmm. at the seventies bar. They're not getting all weird. Uh, they go to see Boardman. I'm embarrassed to say that this took me way too long. Way too long really? to connect the oh, dots here, were, guys. Yeah. I it took me till the actual words came out of the mouth, like, I'm your son, you're my son. Oh, whatever. that did take you a long time. All of a sudden I was like, Oh and I looked over at you guys and you guys were all I was like, Oh wow, yeah, there <laughs> was at, there was a yeah. lot of hints leaving. There was a lot of, yeah. <laughs> like, I think I got it from just because like uh you talked to me once. And it was like, you taught me about this. And as soon as they said, taught me, I was like, oh, I know where they're going with this. Right. Yeah. Which was nice. It's it's good to see that they have, you know, if they've lived that many times, they've definitely planted seeds over the years. So it's good to meet one of the seeds, I guess. Well, and also the idea that they weren't just reincarnated a bunch of different times, but they actually lived lives. Yes. I think is very interesting. That is a good point. That's yeah. good. Uh, it will be really interesting to see flashbacks of those lives, as I'm sure we're going to get in all the different yeah. stories that we've seen. Uh, and then just one nerdy eat, eat, they go back to St. Roach, which is the, where the Hawkman series that Jeff Johns, when he rebooted the character, that's where it was based out of. So it was a nice little nod yes, to yes, that yes, as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah, cool. very, very cool. Uh, this, this was really sad, though, because they are reunited with their son. Then all of a sudden, Firestorm's feeling, Martin's feeling that, so they've got to get back because they know that Jax is in trouble. And right. the son that we just reunited with, who was going to die the next day anyway, peacefully. Well, you don't know how, they don't know how he died. They just found him in his office. So no. that's when you start learning the dangers I, of time I travel. I know these things. You become, you could become the instrument of well, what's supposed to happen. So, which in that case, the Hawks learned to a really bad effect. Well, then, right. too, Rip Hunter gets to have his little speechy part about how t- the, the exact line is time wants to happen. But he's basically talking about the, the speech we've heard the doctor give a number of times about how there are certain points in the timeline that are fixed points that have to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is the only reason that at the end of this episode, I'm not going, well, why don't you just go get your family from a different point on the timeline. Exactly, exactly. But if certain things, if we accept that certain things are fixed points, then I'll make the leap that maybe that is one of them as well. You have to assume yeah. that he's tried that, too. Sure. you you got to think that he did the exact same thing that Hawkgirl did, which is try to save his kid. Right. Over and over again. And I bet we'll see that happen. What did you guys think about the attack? So we get back there. Uh, right. Jack's under attack, and... Thing, everything starts happening. It's a Jackson. People attack. start running. Things are getting flown and thrown. It was great. I think it's just like, because uh, we've seen uh, at least uh, a Hawkman brought forth uh, on Smallville and things like that, uh, and never really impressed with the effects that they've done with the Hawkman. But this is the first time that I felt like the Hawks looked really cool, that they were able to pull them off on, on a DC TV budget. It was yeah. so much fun, and it brought flashed me right back to watching the the Bruce Tim like, Justice League Unlimited cartoons, because it's, it's that. It's exactly yes. that, but done for real, which made me so happy. Yeah. I, I loved it. I, I loved watching this fight. And again, as much of this as we can have. 
Yeah, I want right. it all. Well, and was... you get to see Rip Hunters versus Laser Revolver, which is cool. That's, that's great. Cool. That, I love that's that. That's a great gun. Yes. Is that a laser gun? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. I love how it's a revolver for no reason. Yes. Because it looks cool. It's perfect. That's yeah. great. I also have to say that afterwards, um, when they're all kind of trying to decide whether they're going to stick around, the way that Jax, Jax's reasoning really made me like the character a lot. I yes. Thought, the football reasoning? Yeah. Yeah. I liked oh. it a lot. Because it wasn't, it wasn't typical. It wasn't, it wasn't something I've heard over and over again where I thought he was going to be like, it's nice to have a victory. It's comparing it to football because you're comparing it to the touchdown and stuff. I like that he likes being on a team and that it's the aspect of, of, being on a team and working with people that is why he's sticking around. Yeah. That I haven't heard before. I feel like... Absolutely. Being a part of something that is bigger than yourself and being, he specifically said, knowing that there are people that are looking out for you that have your back that you will do the same for. Yeah. You, you know, you get to spend a little bit of time with him on a handful of episodes of The Flash. And I didn't, certainly didn't dislike him by any means while he was on that show, but this is absolutely the first time where I've really, really enjoyed Jax. Yeah, and my favorite parts about him or like uh, kind of a Friday Night Lights feel too. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. So it's nice to see that again. It was a bit of a similar arc that he went to over on Flash though where he at first said no, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be Firestorm. I have no interest. Mm, I really don't think I should. All right. You know what? That was kind of fun. I will do this. So I think we're going to see a lot of that from his character. Hesitancy at first and then total embracement of things. Which is... Hopefully they do something new, like, every every single time. It'll be nice to to build off of that and the idea of being part of a team. Mm. I think he can can focus on that. Because he is someone who... His powers rely on being literally a team. With yeah. someone else. So, yeah. yeah. I just seen the way Professor Stein, I mean, didn't hesitate. Just wanted to get back to Wave Rider to get with Jack, save him, and Bond. I thought that was like, you see him just like, you know, willing to run that gauntlet uh, uh, while Cronus is just firing away at them. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It was great, yeah. It definitely was. We do find out why Cronus was uh, firing at them and what exactly he was trying to do. Which, again, maybe I was the last one to realize, but that's not what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting that either. I thought he was actually going to be hired by Vandal Savage. Definitely to go me back too. In time. I think that they tried to make it look like that, but it right. wasn't do- the doing of Vandal Savage. Uh, and this is making me all of a sudden question who the real villain is in this whole thing. We talked about the government earlier. What do you right. guys think? Well, I think there's going to be kind of a. A number of villains that they're going to face, and I, I like how the people going back in time to stop stuff is from the Time Council. So it keeps Vandal Savage separate as like a separate villain they have to defeat while constantly fighting off this like you know time force that's coming after them. Mm. And I bet there's going to be different villains of every year that they're going to Well, meet. that's kind of the speech he gives, and then he's like, and sometimes mm. time is the villain. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean? I don't know. Sounds cool. Um, yeah, but I did like, and we, we touched on this uh, a few minutes ago, but I love what it does for Rip Hunter's character, because the Rip Hunter that we think we know going in, just based on the way they sold him to us. I, I had full belief that the, the writers, the directors, uh, and Arthur Darville would pull it off and make it very watchable, but to me, what I thought I understood about that character worked, but wasn't tremendously compelling. And then finding out that this whole, this whole facade is not what he says it is, that he's actually on the outs with the Time Masters, that that is now a major conflict, like, that to me makes him so much more compelling. Right. Was his story about Jonas enough to get you guys on his side and on board with this whole thing? It, 
it wasn't the story. I did really care about that, to be honest. I, I, I mean, it's like, oh, that kid we met in the beginning. That's your kid. Great. Well, at least I was glad that that kid had relevance. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, what made me go on his side was the fi- was the fact that he went against the time count- council to do his own thing. He stole his TARDIS. Um, I'm sorry, time machine to uh, <laughs> <laughs> away from the. From the Time Lords, uh, masters, masters, and to go back in time. It was, I liked that a lot. It's, it's, it's a version, it made me like the hero because it didn't feel like he was just a guy doing what he was supposed to do. He was doing what he thinks he's supposed to do, and which is probably the right thing. So. Yeah, it, it created a very compelling gray area for that character to live in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, and certainly we've talked about uh, at least Booster Gold being rumored to be on the show, and at least in the comics, it's revealed that Booster Gold is in fact Rip Hunter's father. So that's the uh, that's the big hook. That's why I think what people would be interested to see him come back. And if it's not this season, perhaps in a second season, that you could bring in Booster Gold and have that father son kind of dynamic. Already what? pushing for a season two. Pushing for a season two. <laughs> I would love to see that as well. But if I'm not mistaken, isn't Berlanti developing a yeah. Blue Beetle Booster Gold movie? So oh, it's entirely no. possible that they will reserve the character for that. It's perhaps. been rumored that they're reserving, but it has not been confirmed. Okay. So I, I right. think that that's why there's been hesitation uh, because otherwise it would be obviously given. I feel like would have been part of a pilot even um so we'll see where that goes uh we end up in norway in 1975 with vandal savage and i all i can say is he scares me that that's all yeah. i've got on that last scene how did you guys i was feel? hoping that it wasn't it was going to be something cooler than just the nuclear warhead that it, when he opened up that crate i was hoping some kind of nice cool obscure dc artifact that he was going to have to use i was like sure. oh, nuclear warhead yeah i mean it's fine but it's just like wasn't as like uh, i was hoping it was gonna be a little right. bit more yeah i do love that he is wreaking havoc in the whole world just to cause distraction though it's great yeah that's really cool as you said we're trying to make the world a better place one war at a time yeah, yeah. yeah. let's get to some predictions from you guys and uh I just want to hear those, and then we can wrap this up. You're after Buzz TV. All right, across the board, starting with you, Lex. So, we... Cool. It has been confirmed that Jonah Hex is going to appear on this oh, show. Oh, yeah, yes. and This season. Jonathan. So, presumably, that means, unless Jonah Hex got himself a time machine, presumably that means an Old West episode. Yeah. Which, I'm a big... Like, I like Westerns a lot, and I would like to see, like, characters like Martin Stein, who are completely ill-adapted to that type of environment. I would, am curious to see how they play with that. Also... Are we or are we not getting Razal Ghul back this season? The the Matt yes. Nabel Razal Ghul. Mm, we are. So I, I that makes so. sense because I I mean I think they're going to go back in time and they're going to encounter different versions of themselves, different versions of because you'll also have like you also have these many lives of Hawkman and Hawk Girls. Yeah, so will they meet versions of themselves like later on? Well, back in uh, with Jonah Hex in the West, they they were uh, Crimson and uh, Tomahawk. Those are the Western characters when they were back in that time period as well. That's so something I completely forgot about. Mm, yeah, really and, I mean, and Hex is a coming. character that has traveled through time in various series that he's had throughout right. the years. So that's always a nice little cool nod if you're going to do that. I think I have the best prediction of all, guys. Yes. That we're going to be back here next Thursday <laughs> at 9 p.m. as a whole panel. In the meantime, guys, tell everybody where they can find you. Starting with you, Lex. I am Lex Michael. I'm all over social media at the Lex Michael. Find me at, at MR Dave Child because I'm Dave Child. Yeah. You can follow me at Happy Go Jackie on Twitter. 
And you can find me at Roxy Stryer because I'm Roxy Stryer. <laughs> find us at AfterBuzz TV, AfterBuzzTV.com, YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, wherever you are. Write us a comment. We love hearing what you guys have to say. Maybe give us that five star, that thumbs up if you liked us. We always love seeing that too. Until next five week, star. guys. Same time, same place. Mwah. <laughs> love you. <laughs> <laughs> Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, you Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments and questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. <laughs> 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 <laughs